Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. In today's episode, we are going to look at funding a startup using a bootstrap strategy and at the same time trying to build the business, grow the business using sustainable business development strategies. Now, there are two different kinds of ways that a startup will get funding. The first which is often in the press and loved by many journalists, is, of course, the financing rounds, the typical rounds, ABC, etc. Now, and seed, plan, seed rounds and so on. Now, nevertheless, there are sometimes cases where a startup needs to use bootstrap. By bootstrap, you are actually... Um, using funds that you have yourself or you can get somewhere, but it is not venture capital funding. And the reason is very simple. Most venture capital companies are not willing in today's time to invest in startups when the idea that they're working on isn't even basically proved that it is a sustainable business model, that people want this stuff, that it will work, that it will be sellable, and that's the difference between what usually the media and that likes to show to us. There are some kids, they have some cool idea, boom, they have $20 million, and then they have $100 million. No, no, they don't show what happened before. And in most cases, they, of course, start with an idea, use their own money or work at the same time and develop the idea and eventually maybe start doing a prototype or something and that's bootstrap nevertheless there are plenty of startups 
that managed to reach a eight nine figure revenue without venture capital and that's the fantastic thing that shows you do not always need venture capital in a new business and that's the thing so many media like to portray that they are startups and the businesses new businesses of course it is different if somebody is opening a shop somewhere or a kiosk or starting a business as some plumber or anything like that that's a regular normal business small business small company proprietary company often but when we are building a company so that it grows it's not just us many people are supposed to be working in the long term then of course it becomes a startup it's growing and the thing is banks and the, the financial institutes financial services and of course tax authorities and those they do not understand that in certain niches a startup can be even 15 years old and still be a startup they always think oh it's two three years maybe and then it's a business no it's still growing because it needs a certain kind of revenue so that it actually can find the level where it can no longer grow and in today's time things are changing it's not that you're reaching a ceiling and then you hit it and have a headache on it but actually companies are then realizing we have to reinvent our business and that's a difficult thing when you when you're going up and you have to pivot and find something new because the market is changing it's not just that you are maturing you're becoming more experienced as a founder and that but you are actually realizing that users are changing their habits buyers are changing habits and even other effects other events change the way business is done as an example the pandemic before the pandemic in many countries people just simply didn't do online shopping a few people did and then suddenly you didn't have much choice so many started buying and then noticed it's actually not more expensive it's actually quite convenient and i'm saving time that i can actually invest in playing with my kids uh, getting more work done making more revenue etc etc now the key thing is the market changes and we have to adapt we have to pivot again again and change and alternate our direction of our business of our products some products we'll have to kill and some new products we put on the market and develop some of them will be a fantastic product but nobody will buy except maybe one person that's how life is sometimes you win sometimes you lose but in the end it's the overall count that counts now the sustainable business development is the idea that you try to build a company that not only becomes profitable but actually is sustainable because let's say you build this profit based on the fact that maybe you have 20 employees and every of them is working seven days a week um 20 hours a day for our sleep of course they are eating whilst they're working and and so on 
all this kind of crazy thing, but you are profitable. Great. Can you realistically sustain this kind of workforce and pressure on the workforce for the next 20 years? No. People will start getting sick. Um, they will have all sorts of relationship issues. People will be leaving. You'll try to recruit new people, and then they say, okay, maybe I do this maybe two, three months, and then they notice that they don't want it. And some other people just don't mind, depending on what kind of task they're doing. Nevertheless, we have to be realistic that you cannot press your staff until you've squeezed out the last bit of juice and they're broken. Because then you can't fix them properly. And somebody that looks at your business from outside, if I'm the buyer and I'm looking at your company and I'm thinking, hmm, that looks really good, and I see this kind of process, I think, okay, if these people all burn out, the business is dead. The company has no value. That's a problem. Because you are theoretically profitable, fantastic. But if I then change the way the people are working into a more healthier, sustainable way of working, suddenly I go dead down into the red numbers and become highly unprofitable, huge losses amount. And maybe even then people even actually start getting sick because they were already exhausted. It just needed some kind of thing that they would actually get sick. And that's then not a sustainable business. And it is a business as well where buyers, uh, venture investment companies and so on, because there's not just the venture capital who buy a share and then try to sell a share. There are companies as well who buy themselves a seat at the board or invest a certain quantity of money into the company and then help build it. And they might even eventually even take it over completely. Or they might even eventually do an exit together. But it is not so like a traditional venture capital company. It's more, you could call it hybrid. Nevertheless, you want to finance your startup. And that's the key thing. You have to think, okay, how can I pitch to my buyer or to my investor that my product is something that people need my product is something that people are willing to pay for. The price is reasonable. I can generate revenue. I can as well reach a certain amount of income through that and cover a certain amount of costs. Of course, at the beginning, nobody expects you to making full capacity, high volume, high profitability. No, because let's say at the moment, maybe the market could take 100% and you are just now at 2%, which means, of course, if, let's say, every quarter you add another 2% and eventually reach 10 20% production sales capacity, you still got 80% in market available if we say it's limited demand. And that brings us to an idea. Hmm. So... You can grow the business, bootstrap it, add more and more, and eventually reach a level where an investment company will say, hey, I like this business, I like this model, and I see this company, if I give them money, advice, coaching, extra services, 
I integrate them in my ecosystem, maybe this company could maybe become from a value of, let's say, $500,000 to maybe $5 billion. But if I do not do it and I just pour money in, the company might get $750,000 valuation or maybe even be less because people then start spending the money on fancy cars instead of the company itself. And what happens at the end, the company just crashes. That's why when an investment company goes in and they try as well to actually integrate them in their ecosystem, then that's a competitive advantage for the startup because it doesn't mean that they are 100% a subsidiary of this ecosystem, but they are a member, they are a partner, and they then can even profit from working together with other startups that are in that ecosystem. As an example, let's say you are developing a e-commerce service and you ship car parts, auto parts. And then there's another startup that's developing a way of shipping products more efficiently, faster, less cost, uh, maybe better packaging and so on, and everything quite automated. And it automatically uh, reckons what kind of packaging you need so that you have less packaging costs. And if your startup works together with the other startup, they can improve the product and you have a super system that helps you reduce your costs and you increase your revenue and your profit because clients like that what you're doing. And that's the benefit of being in an ecosystem because it becomes sustainable. So you don't need to think, okay, when I'm starting a business, I have no money, I can't do it. Of course you can do it. You can even do it in small steps because at the beginning anyway, you need a pen and a pencil and a paper maybe for colorful things and start thinking, how can the product be? Who wants it? What do I need? Where? What are any kind of regulations I may take care of? And so on. And then eventually you go and get help build the company, build your team. And that's the challenge thing. Building a team is a typical thing because you can't always think that just because you know a few people that they are a team with you. Maybe they're a team of something else, but maybe not of you. So if you build a business sustainable, if you have the value and you are running it hard to build it and including people, who you believe in, they will eventually as well believe in you and your business and they will say, hey, let me help you. We are a team and that's when your business really becomes sustainable because it's not just that you're not wasting products and so on, but you actually have a team that helps you so that you can as well take time off and maybe think up new services, new products or reflect on certain things and see what can you improve your business. And it enables you as well to recharge your battery, your body battery, and as well stay healthier. Because the startup needs you. You're the head and you are leading it towards sustainable levels of profit. And whether you continue working in that company until you retire, or whether you eventually sell the company and start in a new business with a new business idea, you can do anything 
if you believe in you as a person who can build a business using bootstrap and looking towards following sustainable business strategies. In the next episodes, I'll be talking as well about areas how to upskill your staff, how to increase your security of your business and uh, working as well with other companies, investment activities and that, how people then invest in companies and how as well these kind of um, events happen that you usually see always in the media that look so fancy. But for most businesses, it's just a load of paperwork and negotiating and discussing things and then something written down and peel up different kind of ideas. I'll be talking about how startups or existing smaller companies can get funding and eventually get the help to grow their business. Even if it's locally, overseas, it doesn't matter. Everything is possible if you have the right people, the right ecosystem and the right attitude. Have a great day. So after you've heard the current episode, I would like to just um, make a few remarks. So you've been listening to all the different episodes that I've been publishing, and I've been giving you quite some nice advice here and there. I've had some guests that you might have listened to and thought, hmm, that's really interesting, and I should do this, I should do that. And Okay, I've made a list, but how do I do it? Now, that's the tricky thing. I went to many courses over the last, let's say, 30 years or so, whether it was an IT marketing, backlink marketing, uh, SOE, Google advertising, and so on and so on. And so many things you can learn. It's crazy, especially if you are not a marketing agency, but you have a small business, medium-sized business, or you've just bought a company, and you think, okay, I have to take it over and have to improve the marketing. I want to increase the revenue and so on. It can be quite tricky. There are different areas. So we have to, of course, at the beginning, focus on one platform where we're going to do our marketing and sales activities. So the first platform especially if you are in B2B, which means you are selling services or products to companies. You should go and focus on LinkedIn, not Facebook, Meta, TikTok, and so on. That's no point. Yes, there are people there who are usually working as well in companies who might be your buyers. But in this case, I would say you're wasting your energy and your resources. So... Best thing and the simplest thing, if you want to get started properly, is focusing on LinkedIn and building up your profile, your content, and all these things. Now, I released recently a book based on all the stuff that I've been doing myself, that I've shown as well other entrepreneurs how to get it done. Because the thing is, you can spend so much money on people telling you, you have to do this and you have to do that, selling you courses, selling you... Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. I once had a marketing agency. They sold me a service where the artificial intelligence was supposed to get me more leads than I was getting now already on, on Google Ads. And it was supposed to cost me less. 
the end result was I didn't get a single lead. Of course, then I didn't make any sales, but the cost actually increased. And I compared it with my campaign that I was running at the same time for a different uh, region. And I was doing fine. Eventually, I had to kill that contract and do it myself as well for that region. And my numbers were then suddenly totally different. So that's interesting when you think of that. Sometimes people are selling you stuff that's just full advantage of them. There are plenty of great marketing agencies out there who can do a really good service for you. And I've used some of them. And they're great people to work with and deliver value and as well a great revenue. Some of them I would even say, when they touch something, it becomes gold. But even they have the limitation. And if they cross the limitation border, there's no revenue return. Or let's say no return of investment. And that's how I think. Nevertheless, this book, it's called Social Marketing. Reaching your audience so they can buy from you with trust. Trust is very important in the buyer situation and, and whether you sell online, on the phone, um, whether you're selling in person somewhere, you're on a stage or you're selling, uh, you've met people and then you're selling them through Zoom or Teams or whatever kind of platform, it doesn't matter. If you do not have their trust, it doesn't matter what you're selling, whether you're selling boots, stickers, um, models, aircraft, computer servers, phone systems, insurance policies, it doesn't matter. You are not going to generate enough revenue to survive. So this book, uh, you can get it on Amazon worldwide as paperback, ebook, of course, and hardcover. You can get it in the US, Canada, Australia, Germany, all over Europe, even Australia, even printed in Australia, which is awesome thing. And uh, let me tell you just the ISBN. I'm going to put it as well in the comments because some of you might get it wrong. Last time I, I did as well number the wrong number. So the ISBN code for the edition 2022, because I keep updating it every year, it's 97984-4. Eight eight six zero nine nine zero seven. Social marketing, reaching your audience so they can buy from you with trust. Simple to identify, black cover at the front at the top, you see a social media icons and um, yeah, there's a variety of other extra material I created as well. I have added as well as an add-on that you can get as well from Amazon, a social media planner. Makes it easier to, to be a bit consistent because if you start doing these things and you don't have the space to have like whiteboards and all the things, you lose track. It's normal. You can't otherwise avoid it. So the planner is nice and easy. It's a letter format, A4 format, demanding where you order it. And then you can nicely fill it out. This is well a smaller version as well, a pocket version, which I like as well, because you can always take it with you. And if you're traveling, you can you always find space. Now, this book is, is actually quite heavy. Um, and that explains as well, step by step, how to do the things, not only what you have to do, but how and why. That's so important. People keep telling them, 
hey, you have to do this and you have to do that, and, and then they show you flashy stuff, and they don't actually explain, explain why. Now, this book has 252 pages. Crazy, crazy when I think of it, how much stuff. And it's really filled. There are no white pages. At least I don't see any here. And yeah, lots of screenshots, pictures, and I've as well marked where you have to click on things, make it much, much easier for you. I firmly advise you, if you want to do these things sincerely and properly for yourself, get yourself the paperback because what I usually like, I, I take these um, sticker markers, you know, these stickers that are different colors, and then I stick them in the books. I'm reading at the moment a book about cybersecurity, and there I mark as well different pages like that, and it's for me easier as well to find things. And on these stickers, you can write as well some codes and so on. Makes it a bit easier to keep track. And the paperback is printed in grayscale. The hardcover is color. So if you want to have color and see the pictures in color, then spend a few dollars more and you'll get the, the color version. Um, of course, you can go and get the paperback and then afterwards uh, the ebook. If you want to see exactly how the stuff looks in, in color, the ebook is well an alternative. But um, I would take foremost the, the paper version, just easier as well to make marks in it. And you can remark or put a paper in and helps you to keep focused. So use that. It should make things much easier for you because um, the book really shows you how to do the things, why, what to look out, which mistakes to avoid. And then you can do it all by yourself. And yeah, I'm applying all these things in the book as well. I'm showing as well some advanced thing because at a certain point you change your strategy. But that's all shown in the book. <clears throat> and just do it. Simple. When you think of it, it's, it's crazy. I think the book costs, I think it's $20 or $19, $25. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, the paperback, the hardcover is more expensive, of course. Different print. But uh, yeah, so enjoy it. Get it on Amazon online. You can get it otherwise. Um, Barnes & Noble has it as well in the US. I think Waterstones in the UK has it and some other um, retail. Otherwise, with the ISBN codes, you can as well go to a local bookshop and um, order it through them when you have the ISBN. But the easiest thing, go on Google or look as well on my profile website. I've got meetchrisbarch.com. There you will find as well all the other books and, and I'm adding some more books and some little guides that I use as well for myself, time planner and things. Makes life easier. You don't have to reinvent everything, but I like adjusting them so that it fits more to the way I do it. And it's, I think, more convenient. Fits. So just go and get the book and, yeah, work through it. Put marks and get yourself for a good start. And even if you've already started your business, increase the level how you look at and how you let others perceive you. You will notice it increases you, your outgoing way, and saves you a lot of pain. Tire kickers and all the other things that you dislike in those platforms means if you approach it professionally in all kinds of matters, 
you have less of those issues, but you have to keep to it. Simply follow the guides and the tips and so on in the book. It's 252 pages. You can't go wrong. It's a lot of text. It took me a long time to write, but yeah. Um, I have some friends in, in Toronto as well who are using it and uh, in UK, South Africa and so on. They're all applying it and, and quite happy because they just need the book. And if they have some questions, of course, you can ask me. But I think the book answers it pretty well. Yeah, you could do it all by yourself. So see you or hear you soon and have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts 
with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle capbarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P, Barch, or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.